Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Hello and welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati-Ratna and I'm so glad you could join us today. My guest today is Dave Ferguson. Dave Ferguson is an award-winning author and the lead pastor of Chicago's Community Christian Church, a multi-site, 10 locations, uh, with a missional community considered to be one of the most influential churches in America. Dave is also the visionary uh, for the international church planting movement, New Thing, and the president of the Exponential Conference. Uh, He's the author of the book Hero Maker, which is why I brought him on to talk about that book, uh, which I just loved and uh, really appreciated uh, his insight on that. Uh, I think you're going to like this conversation. I do need to make a note about uh, we had a bad connection when I on the audio when I was recording it, and I debated, went back and forth on whether I should uh, even put this out there because I want our quality to be uh, high, uh, but that conversation is so important that I really want to uh, get this out to you. If that kind of stuff bothers you, let me recommend just go uh, back and listen to one of our previous episodes and uh, get you some encouragement for today, but hey, uh, some words drop off here and there, and there's some sound issue, but uh, again, the meat of it is really, really good and really, really important to your own walk with Jesus, your own adventure with him, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So uh, dive in, enjoy. So without further ado, my conversation with Dave Ferguson. All right, Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Good to be on. It is uh, good to finally get to talk about Hero Maker. I've been... Uh, reading and hearing about it for a long time so <laughs> and that's just from my own annoying social media feed so i apologize <laughs> no actually uh, my home church it's a church about three thousand. uh the lead pastor gave out uh, your book to all the staff and all the board members and so it was like the the conversation going on for a while there <laughs> Good. Hopefully we keep that going. Yeah. Uh, so now I can send him this as a good attendee and say I, <laughs> I'm keeping it. You're paying attention. That's right. Uh, in, uh, we want to dive right into Hero Maker because I got lots of <laughs> lots of stuff on it. Uh, in the, Your definition of Hero Maker is a leader who shifts from being a hero to making others the hero in God's unfolding uh, story. Can you just kind of starting at the beginning, what, why is hero making a passion of yours? I, I think there's something deep inside all of us that really longs to make a difference. We, I mean, I think inside all of us that we want to know that there's something that we have done at the end of our life where we've made an impact, where we've made a difference, we've made a, a, a positive dent in, in the planet in some way. And uh, people and encourage them, equip them and empower them to do that. Not just focus on us doing it. Although that is a great thing. All right. Let's, let me put this. Way. I think that's a good thing. The great thing is if you can, if you can actually empower other people to do that. And one of the remarkable things that I've discovered along the way too, is that, in being a hero maker, instead of trying to be the hero, you actually end up making a bigger difference in the world anyway. 
And so it's 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 a, it's another one of those kind of paradoxes that God says, you know, hey, if you you give stuff away, I'm gonna I'm gonna bless you with more. And that's been my experience. So that's why I challenge people, leaders in particular, hey, focus on making the people around you a hero, and, and be a hero maker, not try to be the hero. Right. When you when you talk about hero maker, one of the things you say is a that your focus, hey, well, I'll get the quote right here. So uh, hero makers know that if we focus only on addition, we never get to multiplication. Uh, and one of my uh, phrases has been moving from addition to multiplication. But uh, can you explain a little bit more that idea of uh, you're never going to get from one to the other without making a, a shift? Sure. I, I think for, for, for a lot of us, to go back to kind of what we were just talking about previously, if we're just trying to make a difference for ourselves, it is kind of like one person at a time. And again, I don't want to discount that. That is a good, that is a good thing to do. If you can make a positive difference one day at a time yourself, that is a, a, a tremendous thing to do. But a great thing, and, this is, I'm, and probably in this case, I'm particularly speaking to people who have a leadership gift, who all of a sudden you find yourself in a place of influence. And a lot of us a lot more of us than we realize are in places of influence, whether it's with our family or neighborhoods or in, in, in civic responsibilities, those kind of things. If in those places, if you can empower, encourage, and equip other people to do that, then all of a sudden, instead of just one at a time, all of a sudden, it begins to have an exponential impact because every person that you're empowering to do that, they begin to do that. And all of a sudden, I mean, it really, it's, it, it has a movemental kind of experience. Well, when you talk about that whole idea of uh, going from addition to multiplying, it really does apply to uh, that average person <laughs> sitting in the pew because one person, uh, I mean, someone had to bring Billy Graham to Christ and one person had, you know, the D.L. Moody's of the world. And so we never completely see the impact when we look about, you know, making others heroes and working and investing in others. Kevin, I think you make a brilliant point. And in fact, um, when we introduced this this theme at our exponential conference, um, we did a couple different creative things. And one of the things we did is we kind of did the stories behind, and we told the story of this person you've never heard of before, and the, and, the, and the story was that that was the person who actually impacted Billy Graham. We also told the story of Mother Teresa, you know, but actually we told the story of the person that influenced Mother Teresa. And so, and in doing those things, you really do you move from you know, addition to multiplication and from doing some positive things to really a phenomenal kind of impact. Right. And I think in some ways that's exactly what he was proposing. He said, hey, I'm going to invest in you, and then you go invest in others who are going to do the same. And then, of course, it gives us the challenge in 2 Timothy 2, too. Think in terms of four generations. And I think that's what we're talking about. How do you think in terms of four generations of impact? Right. Which... That was my next question. So this is <laughs> you're reading my mind here. No, <laughs> uh, can you give an example? I mean, other than the ones we've already talked about, of kind of that four generation, uh, even just a everyday person or from a leadership perspective, what does that four generations look like? Yeah, I mean, from from a leadership uh, kind of perspective, too. Um, um, it was about eleven years ago that one of the key people on our staff team came to me and said they wanted to go plant a church. Now, I mean, there was a part of me um, that was kind of like bummed out <laughs> because I really, really liked this guy. I mean, he was like actually also one of my good friends and I didn't want to, you know, I kind of wanted to stick around. But I also knew that the leadership, he had a passion 
And so we actually did. We sent him and about 25 people from Chicago to Kansas City to plant this church. Well, consequently, and I was there um, for their 10th anniversary last year, and in their first 10 years, they've helped plant um, 43 churches. Wow. Now, you want to actually trace it specifically four generations. So we sent him to Kansas City, their team, planted all those churches. They actually then, some of the people that were a part of that original team that came from Chicago, moved back to Chicago and planted a church, which now has grown to be over over a thousand people. And that church then planted this fourth church, which is just west of us. And it, and in some ways I kind of feel like a grandpa, or maybe it's a great, great, great <laughs> grandpa, because you can see the four generations of multiplication. And what I love about each of those leaders is that they had a vision not just to make an impact in their city, not just addition, but also multiplication. So you continue to do addition, but you're also doing multiplication by sending other people to do things. And how, how does that change? A, a bigger, bigger, bigger. How does that change your thinking when it comes to? Because <laughs> you're that's a different approach to life when you're thinking four generations than when you're just thinking the next thing. Yeah. One of, the, one of the people that really challenged me with this um, was the guy who is the founder of Habitat for Humanity. Um, you familiar with Habitat for yep. Humanity, Kevin? Yep. Okay. So the guy who actually originally started was a guy named Millard Fuller. And this goes back a few years. Um, me and a couple of buddies, they were actually real estate developers, and they were kind of fascinated by what Habitat was doing. And we, we flew down to Americus, Georgia, which is no great place, but we flew down there. <laughs> And that's where Habitat had their headquarters, and uh, we got together. We got to spend the day, or half the half of the day, with Millard Fuller, and and I remember him saying this. He said, "Don't you think everybody deserves a simple, decent place to live?" And he said, "Find yourself not in your head, not in your head," and that was his big dream. And that big dream that everybody deserves a simple, decent place to live is what then forced him into this kind of a multiplication thinking mindset, which is what you're asking about. Because he knew, okay, very bright leader, he's like, okay, if every person deserves a simple, decent place to live, I can't just be a carpenter. Because if I'm a carpenter, we'll never get the job done. He also then figured, okay, I can't just be you know, a, a construction company. I can't just have a construction company because we could do some work, but we'll never get that job done. Every person deserves a simple, decent place to live. And I can't even be a real estate developer, which is even bigger in scale. And what he finally concluded is what I have to do is I have to figure out a way to help every follower of Jesus or, and even people who are sympathetic to the cause of Jesus to learn how to swing a hammer. <laughs> and, that's and, so he, and, and so he mobilized volunteers to build homes for homeless and get to the home builder of the entire world today. But, Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. And, and, and people, I think we need to really spend time going, okay, God, what's your dream for my life? Because if you have, if God gives you a dream, it'll probably be a big dream that'll push you maybe outside your comfort zone to a place of faith. But, my, but also what will happen is that big dream will push you into this multiplication thinking of being a hero maker, just like we saw with Millen Fuller. Well, I can, I can honestly say from my own, even just reading the book, uh, it's shifted my thinking, even, you know, podcast and how, how, how I'm doing this and what, what 
how do you multiply that out to a whole new level? So I, uh, I, I love that. Give, give me uh, give me a minute or two on that. How did it change your thinking? Well, part of it, uh, one of our goals as a ministry is to get 100,000 people praying for pastors and leaders. That's kind of one of the big things that we're working towards. And realizing that uh, there's multiple ways to do that. One is uh, to, uh, you know, just try and find a hundred thousand people, uh, and then the other way would be find, you know, whether it's five hundred people or a thousand people who are then going to fi find those next level and the next level, you know, four generations deep. Uh, you're going to have a deeper impact on those, you know, thousand, and then go out from there. Although I, in preparation for this, even today, I was like, you, know, you said something about a you know, hundred times or a million times, whatever. You know, I'm like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> not, sure, not sure how that's going to go. But <laughs> you what was that? I said you can do it. <laughs> I, I guess so. we're going to try. Uh, all right, so... Moving uh, into the kind of the practice, you, you're talking about the five essential practices uh, for multiplying uh, leaders. And obviously, you know, there's way more in this than uh, <laughs> we can cover as five, five things, a whole book. Uh, but just to hit some of them, uh, one of them is the idea of apprenticeship. And we on this podcast have talked a lot about the idea uh, of relationships and disciple making uh, apprenticeship is you said is the core competency of any move of god and you go through the five steps i'll just quickly give them uh, i do you watch we talk i do you help we talk you do i help we talk okay uh, you do i watch we talk uh, uh, a lot of talking uh, you do uh, someone else watches uh, what in that whole process, which do you find is the hardest for people uh, kind of to master? Or is there not each one is individual and in what that looks like? Um, there's probably in those five steps, there's probably there's, there's probably a couple of them. Um, I think one is actually just getting started and finding someone who when you do, they're going to watch. So actually having an apprentice. That is, I mean, in fact, uh, I lead a small group on Monday night and uh, I am in between have apprentice right now and ask someone this afternoon if they would be my new apprentice. Uh, some of us never ask someone to apprentice with them. That's a big step. Uh, the other one I think is also challenging is actually, we were kind of laughing about it, but the talking part. Um, the actual dialogue that happens is the, it's kind of, and we give coaching questions too, um, that happens, that is so critical. That's the relational piece, not just the doing and watching, not just the task. But actually, set aside set aside time to kind of debrief on how you're doing in, in your own journey with Christ, but also how you're doing and developing as a leader. Both sides of that requires a connection, requires a relationship, requires conversation. So the talk piece, and then I I had a third one. The, the other one that sometimes challenges that the very last one. What was what was the fifth step again? You want to read that? Uh, you do someone else watch. You do someone else watches. Right, and that's when you actually release that leader. Okay, and 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 they take it on, and then they actually go get their own apprentice. Um, so, that, and that's when multiplication really begins to actually occur. So, um, those are probably, the three, probably the getting started, 
the actual making sure you're spending time in relationship, conversation, connecting, um, so they're growing as a Christ follower, as a leader, and then lastly, releasing them to go ahead and lead, uh, and you go do um, something else. Is is part of that because their that final step is hard because they have to find someone? It's that that same challenge that we all find is finding someone else, or I think that's part of it. I think I think you also you get comfortable having them. And what I, what I do see happening, like let's say we're talking about a small group, for example, in a small group, um, instead of seeing them as your apprentice, you begin to see them as your co-leader. You begin to see begin to see them as your right-hand person. You, we're a team, and while there's some value in that, it does it, it's you're not going to multiply, and you're not it's not going to get to movement, and then the, the mission doesn't get accomplished. So um, it's a far different thing, and I think sometimes we just get comfortable with that. And we never kind of go like, okay, now it's time to send you Jesus Hey, is that like kind of landing here for a second? But is that a challenge to any kind of ministry position uh, that there always should be some sort of apprentice and it always should be turned over? Is that I would say, that's yeah. what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. So like. Um, right now I'm at one of our 10 locations. I'm at our yellow, what we call our yellow box location. And if you were here on Sunday and you came in, you might notice in the back of the auditorium where our uh, tech booth is, um, you would see people running sound, running lights, running video. But then you might also, like you often do, you'll see someone looking over their shoulder and they're actually shadowing with them. They're, they're literally being apprenticed so that they can run the lights the next time. Uh, if you're going down to our what we call our kids' city, which is our children's ministry, you might see a leader and then an apprentice leader in, in most of our classrooms, someone who's being trained to lead a, a, a kids' city uh, small group. So, yeah, that's something that, that works, whether it's a group or a group, community, a small group of any kind, planting a church, this stuff works. In fact, I'll tell you what, let me, let me give you one other thing. If you read in the Gospels, this is kind of fascinating, there's a couple different places where it says, and, and you kind of just skim right past this, it says, Jesus spent some time with them. Jesus spent some time with them. And it's and actually, the, the Greek word is diatribo, which, which is a composite of two different words, and it really means like um, to rub up against, or actually to rub off. And so what you have, in some ways, you could almost translate it, Jesus spent some time rubbing off on them. And... And I think that's what we're talking about. That's what he did with his apprentice. That's what we do with our apprentice. You hang out. And pretty soon, I mean, they, they're just, they pick up what's going on. They pick up, oh, oh, that's how you lead a small group. Oh, that's how you run sound. Oh, that's how you serve, you know, uh, in this particular ministry. Because it's, it's literally kind of almost like, like rubbing off on them. And that's exactly how Jesus did it. So it's not so much curriculum-based. That's what makes the conversation that we be talking about so important. Hey, which is interesting, even uh, for the listener. The, a couple episodes ago, I had the small church. Uh, Carl Vader's. I don't know if you're familiar, but he he talks about small churches, and uh, one of his things was even in a small church setting, it's about uh, mentorship over curriculum. There's uh, your relationships are, are huge, no matter the setting. Uh, and and I think he's absolutely right. All right. 
I love how some of your uh, you're challenging people to think differently about uh, beyond just building their own. Uh, you even talk about kingdom building that's beyond wh- where they're at. Uh, and you quote Bob uh, Buford, uh, my fruit grows on other people's tree trees. Uh, can you talk about the importance of that whole idea? Yeah. Um... Bob was Bob was a, uh, was a was a men, was a mentor of mine, and I don't know if you're familiar. Yep. So he he wrote a book called uh, Half Time, and uh, maybe for your for your audience, there may be some listeners. If you're a business leader and you're trying to find your kind of your calling, your purpose, I'd encourage you to pick up a copy of uh, Half Time. And basically, Bob's story was that he'd been very very successful in uh, the cable TV business. And um, he had one son, and his one son uh, tragically uh, died in an accident. And that was like this big wake-up call for Bob. And for him, he actually he began to call it his halftime, where he went from success to what he called significance. Halftime was from success to significance. I think another way you could take a look at Bob's life was he really went from trying to be the hero to being a hero maker. And one of the things that he did, um, and a lot of us have tried to emulate this after him, he would uh, carry a like a, a three by five card. So it'd either be in his front pocket or sometimes in his wallet. And that card, he'd have a list of 10, 11, 12 names of young emerging leaders that he was relationally investing in and sometimes financially investing in. And and I got to be, at, for a time, one of, one of those people. And... And that was the application of Bob's kind of ongoing mantra for his life and who he wanted to be by saying, my fruit grows in other people's trees. I'm investing in these people and whatever difference they make, okay, I feel like I had a part in that. And that really is, again, that's that move from addition to multiplication thinking. It's the move from being a hero to being a hero, being a hero maker. And um, if we look over our shoulder, the difference that Bob made, uh, he made a profound difference in uh, probably thousands of actually church leaders by doing that. And um, I'm grateful for him. And I'd, I'd encourage all your listeners to, to kind of ponder that. What would it mean for them to really think like, okay, my fruit grows on other people's trees. It doesn't have to come through my own efforts. I don't have to get all the credit. Some people may never know, but I know the difference I'm going to make is really going to be how I make a difference, how other people make a difference that I put the power in some And it, and you even to go a little deeper with that when you're talking about multiplication. Uh, that means that your group might never grow very large. Uh, and how in our uh, culture and our especially Western uh, U.S. culture, that's kind of absolutely opposite of what we like to, it's always supposed to be bigger, better, you know, and uh, not that you shouldn't grow and not that you shouldn't have those things, but uh, how do we help people to move to the saying, okay, uh, me investing in you and your thing growing is good enough, maybe. Uh, that yeah, makes sense. Thing, Kevin, this is what I try to do to appeal to particularly the type A, very driven leaders. Um for example, I'm working with a, a church leader right now, a young guy, he's in his 30s. He's just getting ready to take over a about a 10,000 uh, people. All right. He read Hero Maker and he, and he got a hold of me. He said, you know what? I feel like God's given me a vision for 100,000 people. 
100,000 people. But here's the thing. He had enough sense to know, you know what? I don't know if I can build a church to 100,000 people. But I do know that I could take this church and my influence, and if I invest in enough young other emerging leaders, I can reach way more than 100,000 people. And he's absolutely dead right. And here's the, here's the, here's the irony, in our, as you well put, in our, in our American kind of Western, bigger, better mindset, we actually end up with, with lesser and not as good. So, I mean, like that guy, yeah, I mean, everybody looks at him and goes, oh, well, you're leading a 10,000-person church. But the truth is he has the capacity to really reach hundreds of thousands of people if he'll invest himself, particularly in this case, in young church planters that are going to start. Because he's probably he's, – he's not even 40 yet, so he's probably got another 30, you know, 35 years, you know, something, something like that, 30, 30 years of leadership. And if he'll pour it into that, I mean, especially with that huge of a platform – Think about the profound difference we make. Now, let's scale it back down, though, too. I mean, I'm thinking about a uh, one of the best small group leaders we had in the history of our church was a young guy who um, I don't know. Hope I, I'll just say this, and hopefully you'll forgive me. I mean, he was he was not the smartest guy. He definitely was not the best looking guy. He was kind of a little dweeby and nerdy. Um, but he started in junior high, leading a small group in junior high. And he bought into this apprenticeship idea. Now, here's what he was really good at. He was really good at loving people. And I'm not even, I'm not being syrupy or sentimental. I'm telling you, this, this kid, he just, somehow he figured it out. And so, and everybody wants to be loved. And so people would be in his small group. But along the way, by the time he, from the time he was in junior high to the time he got graduated from college, he would also invest in apprentice leaders who would start other small groups. He actually, he in the course of about almost seven, eight years, 12 apprentices to go start brand new, brand new small groups. And so let's do, so you do the math. Some people might look at him and go like, well, that's a, you know, it's a little nerdy guy who leads one small group of 10 people. Okay. who are desperate for love. No, I look at that guy and go, hold it. No, there's him. And then there's another 12. Let's throw 13 times 10. What's the math there? I mean, there's like 150 or so people that he's actually impacting. That, that's what we're talking about here. And, that's, and, and you have to have a mindset. My fruit grows on other people's trees. I'm not trying to be the hero. I'm trying to be a hero maker. And the thing of it is, and this is where we got we got to get this to American leaders, this is, how, this is how movements happen. We look at places like in India, okay, or we look in China, places where actually, I mean, there are real movements that are happening. And it's happening because the, the leaders there have this hero-making kind of mindset, and they've seen it happen. And so then they begin to repeat that same behavior because they know that's the way for them to make the biggest kingdom difference. Well, I can I can identify with the nerdy, dweeby, small guy. No, <laughs> Kevin, you headed for greatness, dude. All right, one of the uh, near the end of the book, you talk about. Uh, a culture and building a culture because culture uh, kind of is bigger than vision because you can that's just kind of was that Peter Drucker quote uh, call it, culture each strategy for lunch or breakfast or yeah. <laughs> some meal <laughs> uh, and 
But one of the things that I, I just, this is for me personally, probably more than anything, but you talk about uh, when it comes to creating culture, boredom is your enemy and intentional repetition is your ally. That's Sometimes you just got to say the same things over, tell the same stories over and over and over again. Uh, I've heard uh, somewhere someone said you have to say it till you're sick of it uh, yourself. Uh, how, and I think for myself as a you know trying to be creative communicator, I sometimes fall short on that. Like I'm like bored to death, and so I move on to say something else. Uh, any advice on uh, overcoming the enemy of boredom to communicate? You know, till people get it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I I I think one of the things I was trying to emphasize there is like even this this, this principle of let's say the the, the principle of being the a hero maker instead of trying to be the hero. If you want the people around you to really get that, I mean, you're going to have to use that language over and over and over and over and over again. And then more and more and more. Here's what will happen. You will. You'll be like, I can't believe I'm going to give this talk again. I, I can't believe I'm going to give this stump speech. I can't believe I'm going to sit down and talk to this person about this all over again. But the thing of it is, you, you, you will get bored with it. That's what I'm saying. But they won't. Because for them, it is life-giving. This may be the first time they've heard it. And the enemy, really, of you really making an impact that way is, I mean, really, is the fact that you're going to get bored and you want to move on to the next idea. I think one of the things for your listeners to think about, too, when we talk about being a hero maker, what we're, in some ways, we're really talking about multiplication. We're really talking about leadership development. But here's the, and I'll let them in on a little secret, and they shouldn't tell anybody else. Okay. <laughs> While it is just it's it's those familiar things of disciple multiplying and leadership development by using the language of hero maker language think about this for a little bit Kevin. language actually creates um, a new paradigm a new mental model and that new mental model creates a brand new possible future. I heard someone from Norway say this, and it's just always stuck with me. He said this. He said, whoever owns the language owns the paradigm, and whoever owns the paradigm owns the future. And I think one of the things that's the reason that I think Hero Makers got so much attention is because disciple multiplying and leadership de development are really important things that we're excited about, but we get bored with that. And so I've kind of introduced some new language. You're going like, oh, Hero Maker. That's interesting. But I'm telling you, and you have to just keep saying it and saying it and saying it, because what it does, it's new language, and it's sparking some synapses. Think about the people around them. How could they make them a hero? How could they equip the best and send them out? And all of a sudden, then it creates a new future. And that's why when I tell people, if you're going to use, like even in your church, if they're going to use Hero Maker, grab a hold of it and stick with it, stick with it, stick with it, stick with it. You're going to get bored saying it. You'll get bored telling the story of Millard Fuller, okay, that I told you because I told it a thousand times. I got a bunch of other ones too. Or Bob Buford, My Fruit Goes on Other People's Trees. But you need to keep telling that over and over again because that, that that language creates a new paradigm, which creates a new future. So particularly as a leader, stick with it. Um, don't get tired of it. And I, I agree. I think one of the best things about Hero Maker was the giving people language to hook things on. And I, I mean, for me, I've already used the I see in you uh, comment. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, well, so I see in you is for my, this is my understanding. I'm talking to the author, so I feel terrible. But uh, if uh, for me, it's uh, and I, 
seeing something in someone, a talent, a gift, a calling, and uh, calling that out of them and saying, this is where you you shine and helping them kind of get a pathway for that. Exactly. So, exactly. And we tell people, here's the four most important letters in the alphabet. The four most important letters in the alphabet, if you want to be a hero maker, I see in you. Right? And, and, and when you get the opportunity to have that kind of a conversation with somebody, hey, here's what I see in you. That is life-giving. I mean, you've probably had some people tell you certain things, Kevin. All of a sudden, you're going like, really? You think I could do that? And all, and all of a sudden, it does. It creates a new possibility for you, and it's life-giving. So, I mean, it's, it's a key part of the – it's one of the real important tools of a hero maker. Hey. That's the, is it John Maxwell says encouragement is the oxygen of the soul. Uh, and that's uh, that I see in you is kind of a, a way of capturing that and giving some legs to it. I think uh, saying here beyond saying, yes, this is something you're good at, but saying here's where you can go and here's where you can develop seems to be. Uh, orientation to it. You're exactly right. I encourage leaders like what if you made it a goal that every day you're going to have one I see in you conversation. That every day you go, okay, who am I going to talk to today? That I'm going to take it. I'm going to talk to them and say, here's what, here's what I see. Here's how I see God using you in the future. That's that would be great stuff. Hey. Well, our, t- our time's starting to wrap up, but I, I wanted to get to just a fun one for me, uh, just uh, before we uh, send people to where they need to uh, go to you know, get more about Hero Maker and things like that. Uh, you said uh, uh, on September 11th, uh, 2011, or 2001 seemed to be a significant date there, uh, but uh, uh, there were fewer than 100 multi-site churches in the country. Uh, today, there are 8,000 multi-site churches uh, where do you see multi-site going? Just kind of, since you you're kind of on the forefront of that, you, is that you know you see around the corner? What is what are you seeing with multi-site? Uh, I think there's a, there's a, there's a, a couple things that are going to happen with that. Um, I think one of them um, is you're going to see transitions um, as far as succession and who the new lead pastors are going to be in those large multi-site churches. And some of the leaders that will come in won't have the same gifting or won't have the same vision. And so what will happen is some of those multi-sites will then uh, break apart and become separate churches, which is awesome. That's fine. That's great. Um, I think in some cases you're going to also see uh, some young leaders like the guy I just, like I described um, who's taken over a new church, which is a multi-site church, very large. I think what they're going to do is they're going to see that as a platform for starting a whole network of churches, and they may not be a, they may not necessarily be their own sites, but they will be they'll do everything they can to make them successful. And some of those networks will be regional, like in cities, and some of those networks will be global. And I think in some ways, some of the what we have now are multi-site churches when they move into these regional networks or global networks, in many cases replace what we've historically thought of as denominations. Um, I also think, I'd, I'll throw one more thought at you too. I, I do think um, what you have, for example, in Life Church, which now has more than 30 locations across the United States, um, I think they are light years ahead of most all other churches in, in how to do this, in their financial model for how to make it happen. They're just brilliant. Um, I think, um, I think, in time, there'll be enough other churches that'll also be able to figure out how they did it and mimic their own their success as well. And so we'll, we will see 
some churches that will have 50 or 100 sites uh, across the country or around the world. So I, I think there's probably those are probably the, my three predictions of, as I'm looking around the corner. Well, I'll take it to the bank. You've you got better odds, odds than I do. So, <laughs> uh, so any uh, uh, final sh- uh, kind of shot for that person who, well, buy the book, and then after you buy the what, what kind of uh, final shot would you give them with the whole idea of Hero Maker? Again, whether that's just a, a, a just a, a person sitting in the pew, uh, or whether it's a pastor of a church, kind of what, uh, what would you kind of give them as a starting point? I, I, would, I would go back to what you, what you quoted Bob Buford. What if you begin to take that on as your own, that my fruit grows on other people's trees? I think that speaks to the stay-at-home mom. You're stuck at home with three kids who sometimes make you crazy. But guess what you're doing? What you're doing is you're being a hero maker. You are, you are sacrificing yourself and investing yourself in the lives of those kids. And who knows, maybe, the, maybe one of your kids is gonna be like we talked about the next Billy Graham or the next Mother Teresa. And you, you be a hero maker for them. That is the best way for you to make an impact. If you're a small group leader, don't just lead that small group. Bring one or two other people alongside you Diatriba we talked about, rub off on them, just like Jesus did with his followers. You do those five steps. If you don't remember them, ask Kevin. He'll get them to you. Or buy the book. They're in the book. Do those five steps. When they're ready, send them out for that group, and you will multiply your impact. And let me just say, and for every pastor, every pastor that's listening in, you need to do the same. I would say find another younger leader who wants to go start a church. Bring them in. Let them do part of your work. See, there's a win there. <laughs> but in the process, they're learning. And then after a year or so, when they, they're ready to go, you bless them. You, you don't, don't hold them back. You bless them. And, and, and if you've got a little bit of resources, you can give them, give it to them. If you've got some people you can send with them, send with them. And, and you be a hero maker to them. Um, I just say to everybody listening, if you want to make the biggest difference with your life, don't focus on trying to be the hero. Focus on being a hero maker. Love it. Love it. Uh, that's what uh, hopefully this podcast is all about. Uh, where would you like, where's the best people, place for people to find out about Hero Maker, you, all that you're doing, things like um, that? I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you a couple things. If you, if you want to go right to our landing page, it's HeroMakerBook.org. I don't know if you, do you have show notes that you put in this? Okay, yep. HeroMakerBook.org. Yep. Um, my own website also, because there's several other things that I'm DaveFerguson.org, DaveFerguson.org, and um, I'm on all the social media platforms, so you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff, and I'll, I'll tell you what, just Kevin, for you, if anybody in your audience that's listening, if they have, uh, if they're wanting to use Hero Maker and they're looking for some extra tools or have some questions, you can even give them my email address. Um, it's DaveFerguson at CommunityChristian.org, DaveFerguson at CommunityChristian.org. That's come straight to me and my assistant. And if there's any ways that we can help you, it's kind of our way of being a hero maker to you. Well, uh, that's very generous of you. Hopefully, you, you won't be flooded. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. Well, Dave, I, uh, this has been great. I, again, I love the the book, uh, and hopefully, many people will be uh, impacted uh, by it and the multiplying effect. And I. I know this is probably going to be one of those episodes that I refer back to from other episodes because uh, there's so much there that gives language to stuff that the kingdom of God really needs. So uh, thanks for taking the time today. I appreciate it. 
and thank you for you too. I mean, because in many ways you're being a hero maker to me. You're letting me use your platform. So thanks. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation, and I hope it was an encouragement to you and a challenge to your own thinking and the way that you walk with Jesus. As Dave mentioned, you can find all the resources in the show notes, and that's enjoyingprayer.org, and then you just click on podcast again. That's enjoyingprayer.org, and click on podcast. If you enjoyed this, uh, why don't you subscribe wherever you're listening to this. This helps it get right into your inbox. It helps us with uh, spreading the word for the podcast as well. And before you head off, for today. I just want to take a moment and pray for you. If you've gotten to this point, I just want to bless you as you head on your way. Lord, I pray for this listener. I pray, oh God, that you would touch their life. I pray that they would really move from being a hero to being a hero maker. I pray that you'd give them dreams and visions. I pray for the those I see in you conversations that they'll have with other people, even today, Lord, lead them into those conversations where they can make a difference for your kingdom in an amazing way. Lord, I thank you for them and bless them now today in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I hope this uh, podcast is a good resource to you. God bless you and thanks for listening. 